and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. I run past the 450 metre point. Mr Busy, the pile and a half in front of Walshy. They break away. They're two and a half clear on Wrecking Ball. Run, Pam, run behind them. Rather salubrious, the toppy starts to wind up from the back. They run to the point at point of the corner. Mr Busy, the runner to gun down, leads a half in front of Walshy. Rather salubrious, produced out deep on the track. She's winding up and coming home hard. Rather salubrious in Yeah, that was a replay of the final race at Monto on the weekend, taken out by Rather Salubrious, trained by David Reynolds, ridden by Hannah Richardson. And, of course, I think a lot of you would be the same as me. Uh, when you see a Monto race meeting, there is one name that jumps into my head, and that, of course, is the former champion rider Ken Russell who came from that area. And, of course, that last race was the Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial Open Handicap. Let's say good morning to Rob Luck. How are you, Rob? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Beautifully summed up there with the Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial Open Handicap. That is what you certainly think of, don't you, uh, with Monto. And uh, Monto was one of those country meetings where there was quite a few doubles across the board that we're going to hear about this morning, not only Monto, but out at Winton and Roma as well. Um, and Steve, before we go to those Mondo results, uh, I think it's a magnificent achievement um, and I know you may have already uh, covered this in previous um, interviews during the morning or later on, but I must give congratulations to uh, Paul and Lynn Maguire from Maguire Breeding and Racing in Mackay who uh, can rightly claim, I think, that they uh, basically have bred a Golden Slipper winner because... Uh, they sourced the mare and had the mare in foal before they sold it in foal. And the resulting foal, of course, is the extreme mm. choice winner stay inside. I'm not sure if that's something you've done, gone to air with this morning. Yes, I spoke to Paul. We're going to catch up a bit later in the week. Yeah, amazing story. He bought that mare, the mother of stay inside, who, by the way, is going to the paddock now. Nothing like a storm for $1,000 at a Sydney weanling sale back in 2015. Yep, and he loves his Anabar mares and uh, he's a great supporter of uh, racing through Queensland. So great to see that success. And I know by the rules of breeding and racing, it all comes down to who had the foal when it was actually foaled. Uh, but Paul is the one who has uh, c uh, completed the mating. So great to see uh, another success going, if you like, to country Queensland. We'll call it Mackay to the Maguire breeding and racing. But the country racing, as I said, focused on the weekend, particularly at Monto, Winton and Roma. And uh, this morning, uh, as we just um, as we just heard there with the call, we welcome Darren Walker to our show for the first time. Great to hear another great country call going on, caller going on in that area. And I know Darren does uh, Thangool as well. Welcome to Bushbeat this morning, Darren. How are you, Rob? Good to see you. Yeah, good, good, mate. Um, and great to hear that fantastic call coming out. It was rather salubrious of that meeting uh, there. But just before we go into the meeting. Just tell us a little bit about the Darren Walker story, how you've got involved uh, in the clubs down there, uh, which clubs you're mainly with, and, and particularly how you've got involved in the race calling. Uh, I first started, Rob, probably back in the late 80s, kicked off in Gladstone, calling there in the late 80s, and probably been calling ever since, probably about 35 years, called at a few different of the country tracks, Gladstone, Eidsbog, Gainder, 
Thangul, even once out at Emerald there. But, yeah, back calling. Have been back at Thangul for probably about the last five years, but I've probably been calling at Motto for about the last 30. So I've been there a couple of times. No, the track backwards and no when close finishes are coming up, uh, catching out rather salubrious, getting over Mr. Busy there. Uh, what else do you do down there, Darren? Are you, uh, you're in business, obviously, down there, and uh, you're, and which clubs are you associated with committee-wise? Yeah, Rob, we've, um, myself and my wife, we've got a bakery here in Billawila. We run that. We've got about 25 staff there, and it ticks along pretty well. Uh, Club-wise, I'm a member of the committee here at Tangool, obviously. I like to give them a bit of support the whole time, and that's pretty much it. You must sell a lot of bread. That's a lot of staff for a bakery. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of staff. It's a lot of staff. There's a lot of them there. They, they keep busy, however. That's the main thing. Mm, so you just <laughs> supply to a lot of areas, no doubt. Yeah, we send all over the countryside out to Baralabar and Maura, Theodore, Wurrubinda, all over the countryside. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a diverse uh, area when you go as far as uh, Wurrubinda. And uh, I take it you're another seven-day-a-week business like news agencies. Yes, 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 seven days a week. <laughs> Not too much time. Not not too much time off. And with your baker, they're just out of interest. What time in the morning do they start? Those guys. They they start at one o'clock in the morning. I generally go in about a past two, three, something like that to give them a hand. But yeah, no, they kick off at one. So what time do they, they get to do go have home? The graveyard shift. Those boys. What time do they leave? Oh, around about eight, eight to nine, something like that. Okay. And Billa Wheeler population wise, is pretty, it's a pretty decent sized town too. Uh, yeah, around your five and a half to six thousand, around yep. about fluctuates a little bit with shutdowns and whatnot, but yeah, that's around about the figure. Yeah, and um, you mentioned uh, Thangool. Um, that race meeting's coming up uh, not too far down the track as well. Yeah, April 17's our next meeting here in and I think then there's another one the 1st of May and then another meeting in June and I suppose the, the big thing and the positive for Thangool is that we did receive two TAB meetings early next year, which is a Huge shot in the arm for the race club here, that's for sure. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that, uh, Darren. Um, when you say next year, you mean in the next calendar, next racing yeah, no, year, no, or yeah. is that one in, this year, fe- one next year? Uh, what, yeah, one in February and one in June. Fantastic, fantastic news because we've seen the growth of these country tab meetings occurring um, across the state and the more that can uh, keep happening to enable the stakeholders to get that extra prize money, the better. So that's, that's great news this morning. So the first one is in uh, February next in year, February. did you say? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, right. Oh, well, we we know that uh, Motto had a good program and this would be, I reckon, Possibly the third or fourth time we reported on Bushbeat that this was one of the meetings where it was an all-female jockey um, day as well. Obviously, exactly. all results going to the jockeys. Mm-hmm. But this this is at least the third time I can recall, I reckon, that uh, the girls have uh, made sure that the meeting is well supported. And uh, and when you go through the results, um, Kim Afford and Isabella Tay, they uh, bookended the program. On pretty, no, not bookended. They got the double, the second last race as well. So um, that's stable, that Kim Afford stable. I don't know a lot about it, but I noticed that she's been getting some really good results of late. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a good performance from both those winners, actually. Um, but I'll just run through the program there. The first winner on the day, as I said, as you just mentioned, there was Modern Family from the Kim Afford Yard and ridden by Isabella Tay. And I think it was the only leader to win on the day, actually. Defeated uh, Blonde's Day Out, which is 
owned by our president there, Mark Hutton. And it started the dollar eighty five favourite, but only went down narrowly. And third home in the event was Destination Rocks from the Bob Murray yard. And I think a huge supporter and a big thank you goes to Bob Murray because he had no less than nine runners on the day. Yeah, he's always been a big team supporter. And you mentioned Daryl Gardner going down with an odds-on uh, favourite. If we can just skip to race four, um, the Gordon and Evelyn Hutton Memorial Class B, and always great to see memorial races continue in country tracks. This was the second of the double for Kim Afford, but Daryl Gardner must have been uh, ruining the day because he had another odds-on favourite go down to uh, Kim's uh, horse, Flick. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Red Hannah, it was heavily supported, the dollar eighty-five favourite, but uh, settled well back. It was in the second half of the field. It did run on gamely over the concluding stages, but uh, no match for the winner, that's for sure. Yeah, Flick and Isabella Tay, they're um, getting home quite comfortably there. And that's another one of the sizzlings. I've, uh, this stallion is doing a great job, particularly on the country and provincial tracks, as winner after winners. And, of course, out our way, that very good horse about to resume, hopefully, on the weekend in Balenti. Talking of Queensland um, breeding, Darren, if we go back to race two, the cutest money went off, and great to see uh, Glenn Richardson and Malia Castle combining with a better-than-ready uh, gelding getting up in the uh, cutest. And I did see this race, and it came from a fair way back. I thought this due uh, ready. It certainly did. The favourite backers would have been extremely concerned, I'd say, about the 600 metre point because he was probably only in front of one or two runners. But uh, he certainly did knuckle down over the concluding stages and was able to reel in the early leader, which was off the charts. And all gain, ridden by Rebecca Wilson, wound up in third. But no. It was a good performance from Dew Ready. They normally don't come from that far back, especially at Monte. They've only got that short straight at 200 metres, but he was able to reel them in and win comprehensively on the line. Yeah, another of the many better than readies and win. And the remaining two races on your program involve two Hannahs. Uh, firstly, Hannah Phillips getting a uh, win for, I think it's Dad, Barry Phillips. And then finally, we'll talk about the feature win with Hannah Richardson. But uh, just take us through that other memorial race, the Arnie and Renee Rideout Memorial Benchmark 50 over the 1,000 uh, metres. Yeah, it was the closest finish of the day. Uh, Carton up, he settled just back off the pace. Uh, Jamaican Dream, who ended up running fourth but was only beaten around about half a length. It started the short-priced favourite. It led him up, but Carton Up got a good run just behind it and was able to grab him right on the line from the stablemates, Miss Literati and Hayley Prince, both, both from the Malcolm Bailey yard, and they were only beaten narrowly. And as I said, there was only a half length between the first four over the line. So a very close finish to race number three. Yeah, always exciting finishes to call when you're the uh, race caller. And, of course, that feature event, um, the Cannon Gordon Russell Memorial Open Handicap, and I'm sure the people would have lined the uh, the railings there to get a good view of this. And I can see from the social media reports, David Reynolds was pretty uh, ch uh, chuffed to be getting the win with rather salubrious and Hannah Richardson getting up. And as we heard in your call, a very, uh, very barnstorming finish. Yeah, no, it certainly was a big performance, actually. At the corresponding meeting last year, Rather Salubrious won the 1,400-metre race. So she's had the two starts there for two wins. So can't do much better than that. But it was a very good effort from her. She settled well back, as you would have seen. Was able to reel in Mr Busy, who looked the winner well into the straight. And Layla's lad wound up in third. But a very strong performance from Rather Salubrious. As I said, two starts on the track for two wins. 
And the thing about Rather Salubrious was third in the country championships back in December, so there's some really good form lines um, coming through that mare, and I know on that particular day, David was uh, pretty confident he was going to be at least in the uh, place money, so it's a a good, strong uh, form race to maybe follow out of too with that win there. Yeah, I agree totally. I think she's got a fair bit of ability, actually, Rather Salubrious. She's probably going to be targeted again, you would imagine, for these country series um, down the track. Um, now, you said the Thangool meeting um, coming up uh, in a few weeks' time. We'll uh, have you back again. Hopefully, you can come back on again and uh, report on that. But any other news coming out of your general area, the Burnett area? As you said, the bakery covers a big area. When you're oh, mentioning yeah. those names, I can remember the trip down, always the trip down through Gaindam and Idesvold, all that way back up to your way. You certainly can cover quite a few racetracks in, in a fairly short distance in that area. Yeah, Exactly. I think just a, a big thank you to the uh, Mondo Race Club. Like over the last three or four years, they've had a little bit of adversity there. I know about three years ago they were washed out, and then with COVID last year, they were able to have the meeting with no crowd. But uh, the hardworking club, they put all their efforts into making this year bigger and better than ever, and they certainly did that, led by uh, Mark Hutton, who's the president and his sister Kerry Williams, who's the secretary, and they've both been doing that for around 20 years or so. And they had their committee members all there as well and a large number of volunteers who all put in, and they made the day a great success. And I think they said there was around about 800 people mm. in attendance, which was really good. Yeah, Darren, uh, fortunately, I, I just we just did an ambassador tour to South Australia, and one of the, the guests on the tour was Ken Russell's wife, uh, Carol. And we were talking a little bit about Ken. Can you just tell me about the early days of Ken Russell's career uh, in, in that particular area? What you, what you know? Well, what I know, he was, uh, yeah, obviously at the peak of his powers when I was a young fellow. But, yeah, he kicked off over there at Mondo, apprenticed to his uh, father, Gordon Russell. And obviously that's the time on an event, the Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial. But Ken kicked off over there at uh, Monto. He then... Obviously, was far too good for the uh, North Burnett region and went to Rockhampton and blazed the trail there and then from there to the Gold Coast and then onwards to Sydney. And as we know, it was just a tragic event at Rose Hill back in 1993 that... uh, tragically took him away from it. Mm, gee, won a heap of premierships. I know one of Terry Spargo's calls one day, he said the king's back in his castle, but he's such a, he was such a gentleman, fairly quiet-spoken fellow, wasn't he? Yes, he certainly was. And there's a statue and everything there at Monto as well. And, yeah, no, it is, it's a great day's racing. You guys should head up there one time. Yeah. I remember he wrote a lot of winners for Jeff and Beryl White, of course, didn't he, for many, many years. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Nice that to reminisce true. about him, Rob, this morning. Oh, definitely. And great to see the country tracks do such a great job in maintaining these memorial races. And when you look at that Monto program, the last three of them featured uh, memorial races. And, uh, Darren, great to have you reporting on this morning. It'll be the first of many times, we hope, and uh, good calling down the track. We'll look forward to the uh, the next meeting you're at at uh, Thangool. No problems at all, guys. Thanks for the time, mate. Darren Walker with us there, Steve, and we'll come back from the break and uh, we'll be having a look at the Winton meeting. Absolutely.
angels of Fenway and Oliphants. They're fighting it out at the moment as they come to the home turn. Temerity back in third place, El Jaroba back in fourth, and then Lord Windermere about to get a run on from behind the pack, but angels of Fenway past the 200 metres mark, has a slender lead over Oliphants. El Jaroba down the outside, Ross goes for the whip, and angels of Fenway punch right out, goes and takes it by a length and a quarter on Oliphants with El Jaroba, Lord Windermere, Phoenix Shadow rattling. Yeah, that was the first at Winton on Saturday, and interesting, Rob, I saw a lot of this horse when he to go up to the Sunshine Coast on a Sunday when Kylie Giram was training him. He was a bit frustrating because he had a few tricks and he was running a series of placings in Maidens, but of course he finally broke through and now he's moved up to Todd Stable and he's won, a, he's won quite a few races now, hasn't he, Angels of Fenway? Yeah, it's actually Clinton he's with, um, the other Clinton. Austin, Clinton Austin had a black hole, but um, yeah, Angels of Fenway, he's done well since Clinton's had him actually and uh, I should say it's a, uh, yeah, gelding by Spirit of Boom. Uh, five wins now and last campaign, all he had to do was come back first up, Steve, and, and produce the form he had last um, season and he was really in this with a show because the 800 metres really suited in this benchmark 55 being first up and these horses out this way. Uh, they won't be peaking for a little while yet, but part of the reason uh, of listening to that too is young Alicia Ross, who is now back in the saddle down to the 1.5 kilo claim, and that was the first of their double, the combination of Clinton Austin and Alicia Ross. Um, and the other winner was Coupe de Ville. Now, this is an interesting runner because the week before at uh, Longreach, when he was ridden in the race there, uh, he was held back to the pack there. He he went to the front, but they tried to steady him, and he really resented it, or the mare by Dane Shadow did. And you could see Alicia right from the intent um, of the jump on Saturday at Winton uh, in the 1,000 metres, outside barrier, got across the front, and they all just left him alone, and he just rolled along at his own merry leisure. So much so by the time they straightened home, even though there were challenges from McKellar's voice and strike point, it was a five-length margin at the end, and Alicia basically having a, an armchair ride through the line. But it's good to see this young lady back riding so well. And uh, in our area out here, even though Winton's in the northwest, we have a Central West Jockeys Premiership that commenced this year, and her and Emma Bell are currently sharing the lead with 16 points, and I'm sure she's pretty keen to um, try and dominate that premiership uh, throughout the year. Um, there was another interesting double there, of course. We know David Rewald, an uh, experienced jockey and trainer. Well, he's, uh, um, he's taken the win for Patrick O'Toole for the cutest money on Nitwit in the cutest maiden plate. Four-year-old by Whittington. First run for the stable. It came from the Christie Best stable. First up since September, so there's another one resuming. And um, it was pretty evident that the cutest money was the project on the day, getting there, get the win. And it was too strong for a game. She's Winnie Blue and JKC. But David then had his next part of the double, uh, went on the six-event program in race five. He got Granola State up as uh, jockey and trainer, and it was too strong for Warren Bungle and more than fortune, more than fortune coming to the turn, looking the winner. But Granola State, David in his usual style, kept pumping away at him, and he got a split inside more than fortune, and, and the race just changed complexion. He just dashed away with more than fortune weakening to third. But this Cape Blanco, seven-year-old, Two wins and a third from only three, uh, the preparation. And it won at Blackhall first up. So he's going somewhere, that horse. I've got a bit of time for him. And the way he just sits off the pace and, and comes home. Very emotional win for Denise Ballard and Dan, da, Denise Ballard and Dan Ballard with the Equiano seven-year-old called Bowie Rocks. And it was uh, got up over the David Rewall trained and ridden seduction with El Fiato in third. Shared the lead, three-way share of the lead all the way. But as Dan Ballard explained after the race, they've had a lot of issues with this seven-year-old. He's only had 26 runs. 
and he was first up since November. A lot of injury in forced layoffs, and uh, Mum and Keith have done a great job, as Dan outlined, to really get it to the races, and it's starting to get the chance to show its true ability. But when you see 26 starts with eight wins and uh, seven minor placings, you know the horse has got the ability, and he showed it on the weekend with a good win over Seduction and Elfiato. And one to probably follow out of the meeting and came in the Australian Age of Dinosaurs benchmark 60 handicap over the 1,400 when King Landon, a test Rossa, it had placed at Mount Isa at its last two, so it was race fit. But Jason Hooper um, really just sat it off the pace and it got the better of Durant in the straight for Alicia Ross and Ray Herman and Roxar, uh, one of the favoured runners into third. But I think King Landon going to be one of those horses that's going to get better over 16 to maybe 1,800 metres when he can find that sort of race to suit uh, in the northwest or the central west. But it was good to be back at the Winton races first time since September 2019, of course, with COVID uh, impacting all through the year last year. And uh, they'll look forward to a big September meeting down the track, Steve, when uh, we'll return to Winton in the northwest. Yeah, Rick McMahon, we know he's a high-quality rider when he was in Queensland on the, in the metro area, rode some terrific horses. Uh, Better Than Ready comes to mind, but prolific winner again. I wrote a lot for Kelly Sweeter and so on. Of course, um, he spent a long time away Rob, he was his last ride prior to this comeback was September the 21st of September 2019 at Winton, and then he came back February to ride at Mount Isa. Now he had a half a dozen rides. I see he didn't ride a winner on the weekend, but I see his stats since coming back. Rick McMahon, 18 rides for five winners and six placings. Excuse me, and and he's looking very fit and determined. And yep. I think Dan Ballard summed it up when I spoke to him about Bowie Rocks and uh, it just appeared that they, the three of them uh, with Alfiato on the outside, they didn't appear to be going overly fast in the midsections. And, he, and as Dan pointed out, when you've got Rick McMahon on your outside in the front, he is such a terrific judge of pace that you know you can put yourself in the right spot beside him. Uh, and, and you know that you're going to have the last chance with your horses. He said he's got a great judge of pace, and it's great to see him uh, back yeah. in the saddle. And as I said, looking really fit and determined, and uh, he might not have got a winner on Saturday, but I'm sure they're going to start flowing there was, in the northwest. There was some suggestion that he might come back to the metro area, and I did send him a text a couple of weeks ago. He said, no, look, he's happy to stay on the Queensland country circuit for the remainder of this year, and he may return to the Brisbane metro area 2022. Yep, and I think he's got a few good associations in the northwest and some good horses up there at the moment that uh, he's combining with. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, the most getting the most out of Rick during this uh, year in the country area, that's for sure. Of course, Emerald Steve um, lost their meeting after race one where Arwen Ichi for Raymond Williams and Ash Butler defeated Isis Jectail and American Genius. But basically the jockeys determined the track was unsafe when you read the stewards' report because there were... Apparently some really brown patches in certain parts where several horses in that first race were jumping uh, during the run. They were trying to jump that area and the jockeys felt the track was unsafe. So hopefully that remedial work can take place and uh, no dramas for the next Emerald meeting. But unfortunately that meeting abandoned after race one. But the final meeting for the weekend uh, in the country circuit came from Roma. And again, Craig Smith featuring on his home track, but uh, again with young apprentice Montana Philpot, Of course, uh, the Gus Philpot family, we've spoken about her in recent weeks. Well, she um, she booted a, a double home, I'm pretty sure, at a first stage riding, and she's uh, 
repeated the performance uh, with Usurp in the Class 3, a Lonro six-year-old, third run for the stable, and uh, Montana got it up by three-quarters of a length over the stablemate Boom or Bust, or, and four Love in third. And then she combined in race four with Craig Smith with the unencumbered five-year-old gelding Hocked, who's had two wins a second from his last three. And this time, a much more convincing win by four lengths over Haramain and Call Me Thero. So Montana Philpot uh, going great guns, and that four-kilo claim isn't going to last mm, that long. It might be lost today because I see she's riding a course at Mackay. She's got six rides today. Oh, fantastic, and it's great to see she'll get that experience up there because uh, I think she's going to be heavily in demand. But also great to see at this meeting the return of Gemma Steele. Now, Gemma's always been a very talented jockey, apprentice days, etc. And uh, I know she's had some weight issues, etc. And made a return to the saddle, got back the saddle and straight away into the winner's circle. Good on you, Gemma, with your win on Educato for Royce Connolly. Another one that's been placed at its last four, the Love Conquers All. First win in seven, but probably won't be the last because it won convincingly over my big brother and Stella Way. So great to see uh, another jockey back in the in the ranks and one uh, who I'm sure is going to make a, a determined effort to get the career right back on track and boot home plenty of uh, winners. Taken on chance for Billy Johnson. You don't see a, a country meeting without Billy Johnson getting a winner too often and he combined with Angela Jones with taken on chance and defeated all too sweet. And he be right, mate in the benchmark 45, the five-year-old by Hinchinbrook. It had come off placings, actually, at Mackay, Charters, Towers and Murrumbah. And, of course, uh, the Johnson Racing Team is uh, based now at Murrumbah. But that, that doesn't stop Billy making the trek down to uh, Roma. And the big race, the, to- uh, the Top X Ladies Bracelet, open handicap, and exceedingly good for Mark Johnson and Paul Randall. This jockey's been coming out the Central West a lot and doing a good job, and I think he's pretty keen to do so for the rest of the year. He had a win on a high cost over last start winner. He's home and the Consigliere. All good horses in there. And Gender Bean into um, fourth and Maradic from the Gympie area into fifth. So hotly contested race, but a good convincing win to high cost. And the Mark Johnson team, again, Mark uh, doesn't have huge numbers, but they regularly turn up in the winner's circle. But congratulations, Craig Smith, Montana Philpot for the double on the weekend at Roma. And just to wrap up, Steve, the uh, some of the provincial highlights that we run through that started on Thursday at Rockhampton, where uh, a feature there was the Kevin Miller and Jimmy Orman. Now, Jimmy Orman doesn't get to Rockhampton too many times, uh, but he got a double with Manila Miss, a good horse for Kevin Miller, and a very good horse going places is an Isis Brumby that started favourite in the last on the program. And uh, I noticed Jimmy Orman down there in the city, he's really uh, firing with plenty of winners. Uh, and he got that double out of that meeting as well. Uh, Ash Butler also getting a, meet, a win with Avocado Sunset, a very promising horse. And John Wigington, the uh, cutest money, going off Bodega's gift with Chris Whiteley and also Zoe Hone. Uh, she says thanks with Ronnie Stewart. So a few of those Brisbane jockeys were certainly in evident at um, Rocky on Thursday. Then we went to, where did we go? We went to Cairns on uh, Saturday where Mark Dale and uh, Zach Lloyd uh, another young apprentice that's getting plenty of experience had a double. Uh, Mark Dale and Zach Lloyd had Ellie's jab, took the cutest money, the Jabali. Here's a great example of cutest. He's had four starts, a win and three placings. He's placed at his last three at Cairns and Townsville. He's won 30,000 and 14,000 of that is in bonuses. So it's a great example of that scheme. 
Elite Standard was their other part of the double. And uh, the other key things coming out of there, Scott Sheargold also got a double with Chavot for Matt Maguire and Roy Chalemi's Mystery and Magic. And, of course, we had Townsville yesterday, didn't we? Roy Chalemi, another double for the Headley Ownership Group. Boomed and aerobic. Now, this aerobic's been going extremely well. And I think that might be either two or three in a row uh, for that particular uh, galloper. And good to see Adam Sewell. He's also uh, moving around in the provincial areas and country tracks. And he got a winner for Robert Kirkwood with Nora in uh, race number four in the program. But yeah. some of the key features that came out of the um, provincials uh, on the last four or five days. And of course, we have Mackay racing today, the TAB meeting, as you referred to. We've got Bow Desert TAB on Thursday and we've got Gatton as a TAB meeting on Easter Saturday. And, uh, of course, this weekend we go to Bar Calden, the grass track in the outback. We've got the Bullier Cup and Bracelet at Bullier. We've got Emerald Racing again. The Flinton Cup at Flinton, always a popular Where's uh, event, that one. Gladstone. The Mareeba meeting features the Magic Millions, Rob Kosh Memorial, Far North Queensland up-and-coming Stayer Series, Nanango, and the Easter in the Country meeting out at Roma again. So Roma backing up again. And on Monday, the Augathella, the Meat Ant Cup. It's back again. The last time the Meat Ant Cup, uh, well, they missed out last year with COVID, but the year before it got washed out just the race before uh, the Meat Ant Cup was ready to go. So they'll be welcoming racing back to Augathella on Monday, and I'm sure they'll get a great turn up um, out there at uh, Augathella, Steve. Flinton, whereabouts is Flinton? Flinton is basically uh, out, well, I, I just describe it as out from Gundawindi. Uh, Flinton, uh, because when I uh, lived out that way or when I was a kid down that way, uh, I'm pretty sure Flinton is in that general area in um, in the you know the border border area of um, Queensland, and it it has a real social following uh, when you see the social uh, media uh, reports. I was just quickly yeah here he is here. I was just quickly looking at the map of Queensland, and if you drew a triangle, uh, Gundawindi across to Torwood up to Flinton. Flinton is basically on the uh, the point of the triangle, probably uh, exactly. Uh, west of Clifton, quite a deal west of Clifton, but I always think of it as that Gundawindi Torwood area in the state. Yes, I'm actually looking at the noms. A lot of the horses nominated for this weekend's meeting at Flinton are all from Toowoomba. Yeah, that would be the case. There'd be a lot go out there. And, of course, those nominations closed off yesterday, didn't they, at mm. 12 o'clock? So all of that's uh, taken place. And it's really good. One thing Racing Queensland's doing good with the communication, too, of, with the trainers. Um, I happened to ring uh, one of our trainers out here and said, oh, I remember the noms closed at 12. He said, yeah, they sent us a text these days to make sure we're well and truly aware that any early nominations come into play uh, for meetings over this period. And, and let's hope, Steve, of course, all the information's out from Racing Queensland. Of course, it's only in the, the southeast corner or the, the zone down there where the COVID uh, rules and regulations are, are very specific, but the crowds are certainly at this point, from my knowledge, welcome to be at all of these country meetings across the state, and hopefully they'll have great racing uh, during the weekend. Mm. Notice that horse we play, replay, Dangels of Fenway. I see Clinton Austin has nominated the horse to run on Meat Ant Cup Day in a, in a benchmark race at Augathella on Monday. 
So it'd be interesting to see if it does go around there, Angels of Fenway. He probably will be backing up there. A lot of okay. the uh, trainers in this area go there. And if you quickly look at the Meat Ant Cup, you're going to see the name of a very, very talented up-and-coming horse called Sicilating. Yeah, Todd Austin. That I know a few people have already spotted. And, you know, he's still got to jump up to open company, but he's probably up to Class 3 or Class 4 yeah. now. And he's he's been undefeated and undefeated by – he's winning by big margins. So he's an exciting uh, galloper. And one to watch at that particular yeah, meeting. He's by sizzling, of course. That's the name, sizzling. Yep. And as I said earlier, I'm just amazed at the number of sizzlings that um, continue on the provincial and country circuit. They're really bobbing up all over the place. And I notice even in the yearling sales, his, his uh, prices are still fairly strong. So um, they certainly handle the dirt and sand um, and grass tracks all the way around. But that probably wraps me up this morning, Steve, Thank doesn't you. it? We've got uh, Bushbeak covered for another week. But if you have any stories, uh, just get them through to me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au and uh, a replay of the show usually goes up on On The Bit Racing Australia. It's courtesy of our friends there uh, where you'll be able to uh, revisit Bushbeat from today's program and uh, we'll look forward to being back uh, next week with you, Steve, because I, I believe Tony's on holiday. So, um, And uh, hopefully more great stories coming out of country racing. I'm sure there'll be plenty of them. Thanks for that. Rob Luck joining us. Just on if you want to follow Montana Philpot. As Rob mentioned, wrote a double at Roma on the weekend. She actually wrote a double at Bundaberg a couple of weeks ago as well. So that, as Rob said, that four kilo claim is being whittled away. And her six rides, though, the horses she's riding today at Mackay. Race one, she's riding number two, Ella Walking. Race one, two. In the second race, number 10, Dream of Dubai. That's race two, number 10. Now, in the third, she rides a horse called Cheese Royal. That's race three, number 11. In the fourth race, she's riding Cinnamon Missile, number one, four, one. Race five, she's riding Michael Charge's selection, number one, Raiden. Race five, one. She hasn't got a ride in race six. And in the final race, she's riding a horse called The Last Dragon. That's Montana Philpot, race seven, number four. Her career to date, she's had 19 career rides for four winners, three seconds, and at two-thirds.